welcome to Turn the Page, the official podcast of the Syosset Public Library. Kilmer, and I am the author of Suburban Hell. Which is a fabulous title for a book, especially um, being somebody who grew up and lives in the suburbs. Um, and this is like, it, it was definitely, it was definitely very different. And um, I, I did a little research before this. And is this your first like horror venture? It is. Um, so I had previously published under my married name and did more like book club fiction type things, straight kind of contemporary women's fiction. And but this is my first foray into uh, some horror adjacent stuff. So tell me where this whole story came from and why is she shed? <laughs> um, so like I said, I had previously published kind of book club type stuff. And, um, you know, the pandemic hit and I was getting a little burned out of writing just straight emotional stories. I mean, things were, you know, imploding in the world. My kids were home. Um, so I was trying to write more, you know, book club fiction and, you know, was just kind of hitting a stumbling block. And so I kind of took a step back and I knew that I wanted to write a story about the suburbs. Um, you know, I live in a suburb, I grew up in the suburbs, as you said, and I kept thinking there's so much here to mine. Um, and it, so it started out as kind of a comedic suburban tale. Because again, there's there's so much material. I mean, you know, neighbors fighting about taking trees down and things, you know, bake sales and things like that. So I started writing it like that. And then I kept thinking there was something missing. And, you know, I wasn't sure what it was, but, you know, I kept writing. And then, you know, funnily enough, one night I had a dream. <laughs> it sounds so cliche, but I had a dream that there was a demon in our neighborhood. And, I, you know, and then I don't, it's a spoiler for the book, but then something happened. And so I woke up and I texted my neighbor and I'm like, oh, I had this crazy dream that, you know, this happened. And she goes, yeah, that, that, that would happen in our neighborhood. And thus I was like, okay, well, let's, let's see how this goes. Um, I'm, I've always been a big fan of horror. Um, I grew up, you know, I think I watched Poltergeist when I was like six, thanks to like a terrible babysitter. Um, but, you know, horror has always been a love of mine. So I was like, all right, well, let's, you know, blend this. And I didn't want to do just like straight horror. I wanted to do, because horror comedy is like my favorite genre. Um, so I started to blend the two and also realized that, you know, so many of the funny things that are in suburbia can also be really scary on many levels. Um, so that's kind of where it all came from. Yeah, I was enjoying it. You definitely had some um, references to Poltergeist in the book, which was yeah. uh, pretty great. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know why babysitters like showed kids horror movies, but um, you're not the only person who had that experience. <laughs> um, but this has been a really good time for horror and horror comedy. And um, 
like you said, like, I think the suburbs is a really good place to go. I mean, really, like, some of the best horror is suburban horror. Yeah. So, like, your character, so your main character, Amy, um, she lives in the suburb. She has, like, her group of friends. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's, like, the ultra crazy PTA moms who are scary in their own way. But, like, one mm -hmm. of her friends, Liz, um, there's just something off about her and it sort of brings back some other trauma that she had in her life. Right. Um, and, you know, she starts enlisting some people trying to figure out um, what's going on with Liz and how this is connected to the greater neighborhood. Um, mm -hmm. The group of friends, did you like, are they like sort of based on people, you know, did you sort of know that you were going to have, you know, like, one who came from a religious household, one who came from here. Uh, how did they all sort of um, file into the group? So in the book, there are a lot of people that are based on real people that I know. Um, the group of friends, I definitely, I have a wonderful group of friends in our neighborhood um, and everyone's a little quirky and different. And so I <laughs> I started sort of with the archetypes of my actual friends and then kind of turned up the dial. I mean, none of them come from like a crazy religious background or things like that. I kind of added that in later. Um, but definitely I kind of started with real people that I knew because when I, you know, the things that I've written before and when I write, I, you know, I do look to my own life for inspiration and people that I know and to make the characters real people. Um, so it, you know, it's a joke. So after, the book was sold, I bought my three closest friends t-shirts that say fictional character. Um, like I said, they're not, you know, exact. I mean, I definitely like mixed and matched and added crazy stuff in, but certainly, um, and some of the conversations that they have in the book, when my, my friends haven't read the book yet, when they read it, they're going to be like, Hey, I said that. <laughs> so absolutely. They, it's, you know, ripped from the headlines of uh, my neighborhood so to speak. So do you, um, you said that you're a big horror fan and I also enjoy horror. Um, what are some of your favorites? And uh, is that the change I see in the background? It is. Uh, yeah, I, 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 not... You know, this isn't, so this isn't a video podcast, uh, but for yeah. those listening, um, I interviewed Kristen Miller earlier in the summer. Is it Kirsten Miller? I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, about the um, the change, which was another suburban horror esque um, story, but a completely different mm -hmm. one and lots of fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was that book was fantastic. Um, as far as some of my favorites that I've read lately, um, I love Grady Hendrix. Obviously, you know horror comedy. Him, you know. How excited are you for my best friend's exorcism? I definitely felt um, just like a, a very nice little sort of like nod to Grady's uh, book. They're very, very different suburban hell and my best friend's exorcism. But there's yeah. certainly I, I felt like there was kind of like a little tip tip of the hat. Absolutely, there was. Um I read that book before I started writing this, um, and I'm, I'm certain it probably wormed its way into some part of my consciousness. Nice, um, you know, nice, his books were the ones uh, nice that I really little, um, first read. <laughs> nice <laughs> reference there. <laughs> yeah. Um, his books were the first ones that I really read that was like, oh, you know, you can write this and just kind of go bonkers. 
um, and be funny and put in, you know, because my, as my editor told me when I was writing this book, because it was sold on proposal, so it wasn't a full manuscript. She was like, just go crazy and then I'll tell you and I'll pull you back. And I was like, perfect. Um, so I love his books. Um, I recently read, it's not a, a new book by any means, but um, Come Closer by Sarah Gran. Um, and that was fantastic. It's actually about another possession, but it's from the point of the woman who's becoming possessed. And you kind of wonder if it's a possession or if it's something else. Um, uh, I also love um, Paul Tremblay's books, um, The Paul Bears Club um, that just came out. Um, so those are kind of my my go-tos. But honestly, like I read every you know everything and anything across the board that's horror adjacent. So I know that you mentioned that the different characters are based on people who you're friends with. What about Amy? Um, was she sort of your inner dialogue? Um, certainly there are parts of Amy that I brought from myself. You know, the idea of trying to balance working and being at home. Um, and, you know, while I, you know, I'm not a social worker, obviously, but, you know, there's a lot of those moments where it's like, okay, I need to get something done work related, or, you know, she's looking for jobs, you know, I'm, I have to write. And it's like, here's the iPad, here's Netflix, here's, I don't just eat whatever snack you want, give me 10 minutes. Um, and so I definitely brought that to the page, you know, and my husband, he, you know, works full time out of the home. And so it's like, you know, all summer, it was like me versus the children. You know, like, it was like, you know, there were days where they were on iPads all day. There were days, you know, where they were kind of fending for themselves. But, you know, so certainly that piece, especially, and also the piece where I think, you know, with Amy, she moved to the suburbs and was kind of like, I mean, we, we, we've lived in the suburbs for a long time. Um, but, you know, Amy moves from the city to the suburbs and is kind of like, wow, okay, this is different. And while I've lived in the suburbs for a long time, when we, we moved to this neighborhood, I think eight years ago, it was very different. It was like block parties and, you know, everyone knew each other and, you know, everyone knows each other's business and, oh, you got a new fence. And it was like, it was a little, it was suffocating. Um, you know, certainly I've settled into that and, you know, found the good parts of it too, but it was like, it almost felt like everyone knew you know, every time I walk the dog, you know, things like that. It, and that took a lot of getting used to, um, you know, and I've found, like I said, the good parts of it. You know, if my kid is sick at school and, you know, I'm out, I can call my neighbor to come pick him up. Things like, you know, it takes a village and all that. But, you know, th there are some things that you need to kind of accept. So I wanted to bring that to Amy as well. Do you think you would continue writing in this genre? Um, yes, I'm actually contracted for another book that um, is due next month. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's been really a lot of fun. Um, like I said, I've, I've actually, and I before I did book club, I wrote in the YA space too. So I've kind of like dabbled in a lot of different things. Um, which YA books did you write? Now I'm wondering if my research was not good enough because now I'm- Well, I've written under a lot of different names. Um, those were published under Maureen Lurk. Um, so like, I, you know, I'm, I'm scattershot. I'm all over the place. You know, when you're in publishing, you kind of have to become a chameleon, so to speak. Um, 
so, you know, I wrote in that space for a while and that was fun. Um, like I said, and I wrote in the book club space, um, but I love writing in this space because it's something different. And I think it's really cool to be able to tell a story and also kind of turn up the dial with the horror element. I mean, horror is really about, you know, you know, it's not, Halloween it's isn't, isn't about Michael Myers. It's really, there's emotion in it. And I think that's why it's doing so well now too. Yeah. Because emotion is so high and because things are so crazy and sort of terrible that are happening outside. And yes. there's like some real comfort in sort of like distorting the mundane, like suburbia. Well, I think it's also, you know, the past few years have been so traumatic, you know, mm -hmm. on so many different levels that like, you know, you watch the news and you're like, it's terrible. You turn it off and then you read a book. You're like, well, at least, you know, we don't have a demon living next door. <laughs> like, yes. you know, <laughs> but I mean, you know, horror is really a construct that allows us to explore what scares us, but in a dialed up way, like Halloween isn't about, you know, Michael Myers. It's about being afraid to leave your kids alone or being a babysitter and, you know, being in charge of these kids on your own and how would you handle danger? So, I mean, I think and it allows us to explore it from a safe distance. Yeah, and there was, I mean, you know, it's interesting. There was a lot of um, horror of like, sort of like the mid nineties that had this weird suburban twist to it. Like the Burbs, for instance. <laughs> yeah. Which I was not aware was horror before I watched it. I mean, I like, oh. it's like horror adjacent, <laughs> I would say. Totally. Well, I mean, like, and this is something I say constantly on this podcast. Most of the most of the movies that were out when I was a kid were horror adjacent. Goonies is horror adjacent. Um, totally. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Go now. Ghostbusters is interesting though because Ghostbusters, the first Ghostbusters, had a PG rating, but that was because PG thirteen didn't exist. Ah. Yes. I did so not Ghostbusters. Know that. Uh, same thing with Goonies, actually. Um, really? Yes. This is my film background coming in. So, like, <laughs> those, and, like, even, like, Gremlins. So, like, those are movies mm -hmm. that were kind of like, oh, is this a kid's movie or is this an adult's movie? Is this a horror movie or is this a comedy? Well, maybe right. it's both. Maybe it's a little bit of everything. You know, like, I call um, Goonies, which I guess is kind of like a suburban, you know, story. But yeah. Yeah. 100%. I, right. I call it it for kids. Because, totally. Right? I mean, totally. you know, yeah. And the joke that someone I know said, they're like, well, you know, it's they, they don't like all the guys don't like end up, you know, having having <laughs> relations right. with, them, with the one girl. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, that one character does trick Andy into kissing her when Kissing. Right, and you and you watch that again, and you're like, oh, whoa, yeah. okay, hundred percent, a hundred percent. So you're like, that's a movie, right? Does, yeah, it, but it does have like you know the Losers Club, the Goonies, are you know like yeah. the unpopular kids, and it does right. have like you know like the cute redhead who's with them, and it's it's not it, but it does have those qualities, which I think is what um, informed like something like Stranger Things, for instance. I was just gonna say that. I mean, you know, and Stranger Things is like such a kick to watch now. I mean, so my daughter watches it and loves it, you know, and I watch it too and love it. And, you know, she's not like totally getting all the 80s references and, or I mean, she's sort of getting it, but like the nostalgia piece, you know, for me watching that is just fantastic. 
<laughs> and it's made Kate Bush and Metallica the songs of the summer. No kidding. I just saw Master of Puppets hit the Billboard chart, and they actually played it um, in here in Chicago at Lollapalooza. You know, Lollapalooza is all like kids in their like twenties, you know, or younger or whatever. And they played Master of Puppets, and the whole crowd went crazy. I was like, how? Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, and, you know, just sort of looking at suburban hell and then looking at something like um, Stranger Things, in a way, it's like, you know, from the parent's point of view, like, you know, the yeah. only parent in Stranger Things who's not 100% clueless, unless you count Hopper, who I guess is a parent, yeah. you know, there's Joyce, but, Joyce, like, yeah. the Wheelers are, like, 100% like those neighbors that just have no clue and everybody you know so like right. I'm reading suburban things and I'm like this is kind of fun because this yeah. takes that part of it but it puts it you know against like a few a few moms who are trying to keep up like they're the ones who are trying to solve right. the mystery and save their friend well and I think too you know when I was writing this like with with so many things in media and books and movies like the moms like are, are clueless. They're like dorky and they have no idea what's going on. And they're like, oh, you know, why were you out late? You know, and the kid was like battling a ghost or something. Uh, so I wanted to make a book, you know, I wanted to make, I wanted to write something where the moms actually knew what was going on. They weren't idiots. Um, you know, I wanted to write a book where the moms were people who quote unquote, play in the sandbox, but also kick up the sand. Much like, um, what was it, the Southern Women, Southern Book Club? Southern Book Club yeah. Guide to Slim Vampires. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, that was fantastic. Yeah, another Grady. Uh, he's yeah. just so good. He's he's great. We've had him on so many times. And Have you? Oh. I would never, like, I would never turn down a chance to get him to come back. No kidding. I'd love to go to one of his signings sometimes. I know he has a new book coming out, I think, next year. I think they pushed his book back, which I was very sad about. Yeah, yeah, he's super cool. Um, but yeah, so this is this is definitely fun. Would you be writing in the same neighborhood for your next book, or is it going to be a completely different one? No, it's going to be a completely different one, although I had a lot of fun writing in this uh, neighborhood. We are doing something different, uh, moving to a different neighborhood, but still very um, based in reality, um, something that, you know, centers around families, um, relationships, um, you know, kind of, they call it like domestic horror, where it's like based around a family, neighborhood, real life people, you know, which I think is the scariest and most interesting, because then you can put really put yourself there and imagine this happening to you. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you. Please come back and talk to us about it at some point. Would love to. I really appreciate you having me on. Well, once again, this is Jessica from Syosset Library. Our guest today was... Maureen Kilmer. And we are going to close this chapter. It's time to close this chapter of Turn the Page. Join us for the next episode.